Blog Talk Radio. Anyone want coffee? Hello, fellow book writers and caffeine fiends. Welcome to A Daily Cup of Joe, where you'll get to hear from publishing industry pros and affirm your inner bookworm. Welcome to another edition of A Daily Cup of Joe. I'm Joe Michaels of the Joe Michaels blog, and I'll be your host. Today I'm doing something a little different, and I kind of hope you all enjoy it. My fingers are totally crossed. First, a little background about why I'm doing what I'm doing. An author friend of mine, Rachel Brownell, asked me on Facebook if I'd buy and share a couple of books by others in an ongoing support effort of indie authors. Well, you guys, I totally screwed up. See, you're supposed to buy three books written by the people you tag, and I bought from everyone who responded. What can I say? I have a one-click addiction. I'm sure you all understand. (laughs) Anyway, rather than share the books on Facebook where... Let's just be honest. Maybe three or four people would see them. I thought, why not read a little of each one to listeners of my radio show? I enjoy when someone reads to me, and it gives me a chance to find a new read without dragging through the endless miles of available titles or having to shush my kids while I read a blurb in a bookstore. I also kind of figured you could listen while you're in the shower or washing dishes, two things you don't really want to do while you're holding a paperback or an e-reader, right? As I move through these books, I'll start with the description before going on to the first couple of paragraphs. All links to these books on Amazon are in the description of the show. I have my coffee in hand, and I hope you do too, so let's get going. Authors, if you're listening, please forgive any mispronunciations along the way. Here we go. First up, a novel novel by K.D. Wood titled Unwilling. Here's the description. Neely McIntyre's dreams warn her about the future, but will not protect her from the danger hiding in plain sight. On graduation night, she plans to tell her best friend, Hayden Nelson, that she's in love with him. Instead, they argue. Neely's hurt feelings leave her vulnerable, giving her secret admirer, Andrew Huckley, the opportunity to put his mother's monstrous plan into motion. When Neely gives in to her broken heart and pushes him away, Hayden knows he must fight to recapture the spark he felt in their last kiss. But will he find her in time to reverse the damage, or will she be changed forever? Okay, here's the book. Part one. Run, Canna. Her whisper anchored me back in the dream. The musty smell of snakes and salt had balled my stomach into knots. Fear pushed bitter liquid against the back of my throat. I wanted more than anything to wake up and rinse away the taste. No, I said and hugged the girl tighter around her hips. Her round belly rested on my forearms. And my name is Neely. Neely! Breath hissing in my ear yanked me back to reality. The bobby pin anchoring my graduation cap dug into my scalp as I turned my head. Snap out of it. My best friend Hayden jabbed a thumb toward the stage. We're up next. Rude much, I whispered, elbowing him. He grimaced, pretending it hurt. This morning I'd startled awake before dawn with my T-shirt sticking to my back and the sheets tangled around my ankles. A nagging aftertaste of urgency remained no matter how much I tried to wash the terror away. Now, hours later, the creepy feeling that I'd missed something something important, held my attention, despite being in a sweltering room full of every meemaw and cousin in Jones County. Sweat started to run out of my hair. The heat in the gym was slowly reaching nuclear proportions with so many bodies packed into the bleachers. 
I crossed my legs and hitched my hips to the right, hoping for a cool spot on the metal chair. Now, that was pretty awesome, huh? I bet you want to check that one out. Okay, so next on the list, we're diving into Soul Rebel by C.J. Pinard on the paperback, but you guys can read it for free. The link, again, is in the show description. A vampire took his soul. He wants it back. When 21-year-old Nolan Bishop meets Eva, a seductive redhead at a dark club in downtown Shreveport, little does he know his soul will be gone as soon as she is. It doesn't take Nolan long to realize that this succubus, who is now invading his dreams, has taken something from him. Through the underground network of the supernatural in New Orleans, he finds out he has a mere seven days to destroy Eva before he turns into a sinister and inhuman vampire. In a race against all that is holy, Nolan meets Eva's identical twin, Charity. He begs for her help to find Eva with the intent to kill her. But Charity doesn't want to see her sister die, succubus or not. Nolan has has a serious decision to make with regards to his humanity, and not a lot of time to do it, all while trying not to fall in love with Charity, and all in seven days. So, from my paperback, it opens with, The most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. A quote from Ferdinand Foch. Soul Rebel. Chapter 1. Long Weekend. The last time he could remember sweating this much was playing football in high school. The motorcycle he had just restored just didn't want to start. Who the hell buys a 1999 POS Kawasaki crotch rocket and expects it to run anyway? He used a disgusting red oil rag to wipe the sweat from his forehead and tossed it overhand into a nearby bin. He had his coveralls stripped off before he reached the men's room. Those, too, went into a bin, and he scrubbed his hands as best he could. Drying them off, he looked at his grimy fingernails, the dirt and grease a permanent fixture under them. He could vaguely remember his older sister's warning when he told her he wasn't going to college and was going to restore old motorcycles instead. Your hands will never be clean, she chided. No girl wants to be touched by hands that look filthy all the time, she had scolded as she made a face. But he had proven her wrong. He'd been told many times that his hands looked strong and protective, despite the permanent half-moon of black under each nail. He grinned. He grabbed his backpack from the grungy locker in the men's room of the small motorcycle restoration shop and fished out his key. His red and white Ducati monster was parked right out front. He looped his arm through the other strap of the backpack and mounted the death machine. It started with what passers-by probably thought was an obnoxious rumble, but sounded more like a purr to him. He was shoving the matching red and white helmet on his head when he heard his name. Nolan! He slid the helmet back up and whipped his head in the direction of the voice. Yeah, boss? Does that sound intriguing or what? Okay, so Soul Rebel by C.J. Pennard. All right, next up is Don't Call Me Kit Kat by K.J. Farnham. Here's the description. Junior highs where things really start to happen. Clicks form and break apart. Couples are made and destroyed. And a reputation is solidified that you won't ever be able to escape. Everything you do and say and everyone you spend your time with matters. Katie Mills knows that. She gets it. That's why she tried so hard to get in with the cool girls at school and why she was so devastated when those efforts found her detained for shoplifting and laughed out of cheer squad tryouts. But Katie has more to worry about than just fitting in. Her parents are divorced and always fighting. Her sister never has time for her, and her friends all seem to be drifting apart. Even worse, the boy she has a crush on is dating the mean girl at school. Everything is a mess, and Katie doesn't feel like she has any control over any of it, certainly not over her weight, which is always topped out at slightly pudgier than normal, at least according to her mother. So when she happens to catch one of the popular girls throwing up in the bathroom one day, it sparks an idea a match that quickly engulfs her life in flames. 
is there any going back once she gets started down this path? And would she even want to if she could? All right, here's the book. Part one, summer, fall. Chapter one. Are you ready? I look down and scan my body as I debate Annika's question. Sweat drips down the small of my back. I don't know if the perspiration is a result of the three layers of clothing I am wearing or because I'm nervous about getting caught. I think so, I say, certain that she can sense the fear in my voice. But I really don't care if Annika knows how scared I am because I'm pretty sure we are actually friends. I worry more that she might tell her other friends, the one whose parents make more money in one year than my mom and stepdad have made in the past five. It is that money... It is that money that allows them to live in the upscale Orchard Hills neighborhood. They are the friends who shoplift just for fun. They are the cool girls, the ones I secretly wish I could be friends with, want to look and dress like. She tilts her head slightly and whispers, Katie, are you scared? When I don't answer, she drops her Forever 21 bag, which contains mostly stolen items, and begins to lift the large sweaters following her petite frame. Let's just forget it then. If you look all nervous, we'll get caught for sure. For a second, I am relieved because she's offering a get-out-of-jail-free card. But during the other half of that second, I picture Amy Bowie, the most envied soon-to-be eighth-grade girl at Frank Lloyd Wright Middle School, decked out from head to toe in name brands that my mother and stepfather would never be able to afford. I want to do this. I need these new clothes. Plus, Annika and the other Orchard Hill girls have done it a million times and never been caught. No, wait, I'm fine. I take a deep breath and unlatch the rest dressing room door. Let's go. How's that for a fall read, huh? All righty then. Okay, so next up, I have a novella by Trisha Zoller titled Shadow Blues. It's the first in the Darkling Chronicles series. You guys ready? Here we go. Here's the description. At the age of four, Patrick Benjamin Solomon becomes Anka Rimling's human charge. By eight, he can see her. At 13, he breaks her heart. And by 18, she finds herself fighting for his life. As a darkling shadow caster, Anka casts shadows in the human world, harnessing some of the Earth's UV light to bring back to Monatai, a world full of darklings, nymphs, satyrs, phantoms, and dragon lords. Her job is crucial to preserving the vitality and balance in her town of Shadowland. However, Anka has trouble following the strict rules set by the Shadowland Council a ruling body comprised of three dragon lords. The Lord's decree states all shadow casters will abide by the rules or face the penalty of harsh punishment, banishment, or death. Torn between her world and Ben's, Anka must choose to defy the council or turn her back on love. All right, here we go. We're going to read some of the prologue of this one. Anka Rimling, age four. Did you hear me, Anka? Pops asked. Yep. I looked at Pops' fuzzy eyebrows. They made me laugh. A big darkling came into the room. Anka Rimling and Bianca Rimling, he asked. One yellow eye. Funny skin. Scales? I looked down at the floor. My finger followed the squiggles. Stop, child, Pop said. Get up and pay attention. I'm Lord Acton, and these are my brothers, Lord Lisis and Lord Bullock. One lord smiled and talked to Bianca. She was quiet. The tree was scary inside. I closed my eyes, squeezed Pop's finger. Say hello to the lords, Pop said. He sounded mad. I waved. My sister bowed. I bowed too. Lord Bullis laughed. They are four and six, right? Asked Yellow Eye. Yes, sir. Very well. Yellow Eye kneeled in front of me. He smelled like smoke and apple juice. Anka Rimling, 
You are assigned Patrick Benjamin Solomon. I? Pops pinched my arm. Don't point. It's rude. Pay attention, Lord Acton said, as one eye moved round and round. My tummy hurt. I saw a boy in my head. He had yellow hair and green eyes. Ooh, fantasy in its finest, you guys. Okay, then. Let's move on. This is the last one. The last one on the list is a book by me. If you love zombie novels that are different and don't focus on the gore, it's young adult, you've got to read iZombie. Here's the description. It's the end of the world as we know it. Trixie Collins is a normal teen making her way through high school. One night at a party, a boy comes on to her and won't take no for an answer. As she jerks her arm away, his fingernails cut into her skin. When she finds her dog's mutilated body and realizes she's to blame, she starts to think maybe the zombie apocalypse they've been screaming about on the news isn't a hoax after all. Worse, she begins to think maybe she's one of the infected. Now it's a fight for life as she joins with her brethren to stop the humans intent on destroying them. Are zombies all bad, or is it just a huge misunderstanding? Okay, about two minutes left, so here we go. A is for atrophy. Bang, bang, bang. As the axe struck the thick wooden door, the windows of the deserted house rattled in their frames, sending curls of fear through the forms huddled inside. Unintelligible moans erupted from their mouths as they pressed together. Trixie sent out a thought. Calm them hear us. Maybe they'll go away. When the groans died down, they could hear humans outside walking the perimeter of the structure, looking for an entry point. Twigs snapped. Leaves rustled. They were coming. Shuffling of the beings increased, and a small hand found its way into Trixie. She knelt down near the child and put her scabby forehead to his. He seemed to understand her message. We'll be okay. And she felt the tension leaving his body. They stayed that way for a few minutes until a human shouted out, Here! I found a way in! Yeah, so you want to check that one out. I grew up in southern Louisiana, so it seemed only right to set at least one novel there. It's actually set in Lake Charles, where I lived for a long time. I hope you all enjoyed this Thursday edition of A Daily Cup of Joe. If you'd like your book featured here, feel free to shoot me a message. I love books, I love a great story, and I love helping other authors get the word out when and where I can. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.